you're seeing many of the Raw superstars who have been assembled in the locker room. The question is, who will be leaving SmackDown tonight and be coming to Raw during the first ever draft lottery? And all the superstars of SmackDown are here tonight live on Raw, wondering, as we all are, which Raw stars will be joining SmackDown. It is a tension-filled night. The draft lottery is live on Raw next. Good evening, gentlemen. Sorry. Last week I said we're going to come to Raw tonight and shake things up, and by God, that's what we're going to do. Because tonight... Tonight will be the first ever draft lottery in WWE history. And this is the way it's going to go down. There's going to be a bin of SmackDown superstars. Everyone on the SmackDown roster in your bin, Mr. Bischoff, you get to choose from the SmackDown roster. You, Mr. Heyman, will choose from the entire Raw roster in your bin. There'll be a total of 12 picks altogether. At the end of the night, if you're not satisfied with your picks, no problem. You can trade anyone you wish. Anyone on the roster, as long as you do so, by 12 midnight tonight. That's the deadline. At the end of the night, we're going to have a new SmackDown and a brand new Raw. Any questions? No. Well, Mr. McMahon, I had one for you. Clearly, you've given some consideration to my champions here on Raw. I mean, Benoit, Randy Orton, RVD, Booker T. Clearly, they're exempt. Maybe I didn't make myself clear. No one is exempt. No one on either roster is exempt from this draft lottery. I don't even care if the person is not here, such as Orton, who underwent a tonsillectomy. He's not here. That's too bad. He's still part of the draft. It doesn't matter. All right? Okay. Everyone is eligible. Great. Got so, it. gentlemen, good luck. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks, Vince. Again, and welcome to another episode of the Retro Wrestling Podcast, episode number 29. I'm intern Alex, joined as always by the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. And Patrick, before we visit the news desk, I had recorded a special WrestleMania Extra edition of the Retro Wrestling Podcast, but now I would like to hear your thoughts on the week that was WrestleMania 33 in Orlando and our time there. Well, that's pretty much most of my news, actually. 
We got down there on Thursday. We had a blast driving down. We did um, WrestleCon on on Friday. Here's some names. I wrote down as many as I could remember. If we forget you, I'm sorry. We had uh, Tully Blanchard, Al Snow, Stan Hansen, Jim the Anvil Neidhart, good friend of mine Shane Douglas, another good friend of mine Tom Wildfire Tommy Rich. We had Honky Tonk Man. We had Lita, good friend of mine Shelly Martinez, good friend of mine April Hunter, Kelly Kelly, Candice Michelle, Tori Wilson, Victoria, another good friend of mine jerry the king lawler and good old jr we had mr hughes also a good friend of mine stevie ray stevie richards and tommy dreamer we had the uh the legendary he's retiring this year bobby fulton kevin sullivan colonel rob parker dan severn ken shamrock uh mean gene okerlin big van vader lex luger the steiner brothers Bruce Pritchard, Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, the Hardy Boys, Bobby Lashley, and without a doubt, the surprise of the entire thing for me was the one and only, the weasel, the brain, Bobby Heenan. Uh, it was quite an impressive lineup at WrestleCon, and you got to interact with a lot of the guys. I did, and and over half the list are good friends of mine, and uh, it was awesome to catch up with some that I hadn't seen in a while, and uh, some some new friends, like uh, like Dan Severn. Dan Severn gave me his number, said he'd like to stay in touch, and so that was awesome. That was badass for me. Now, compared to Access, would you prefer WrestleCon to Access? Uh, I like the fact WrestleCon, when it comes to trying to meet meet people, yeah. WrestleCon's done way better. Yeah, that's that's my complaint about access. They're the long lines just to meet the main roster guys. Right. And then you get up there. This is no disrespect to people who are disabled or young kids that are sick or whatever. They get their own special line at access. Right. And so they get re- wheeled to the front of the line. They get they get to cut line, which is fine. I understand they have they can't be there as long as us. Right. They can't stand. Right. Okay, but they get to cut the line. But it's not the same they don't get the same treatment that you and I get when we go up there because the wrestler then leaves the table, walks over there, gives them a hug, gives them a picture, talks to them a couple minutes, signs the autograph, you know, it's a big photo op. And it slows the line down. So you might be in line to meet Jinder Mahal for like an hour and a half. And those access things run in sessions. So you've got four hours total. So if you get to the front of the line or you're like three people away and that session's over, you're just fucked. Yeah, exactly. And and that's what I don't like about access in general. Uh, The only – what I really do like about access, though, that I wish we could kind of carry over into WrestleCon is the memorabilia side of it. Like what they have at access – into WrestleCon, oh, uh, WrestleCon would be the the thing to to absolutely go to every year. Yeah, th- and they wouldn't have access to the WWE's props and stuff, but like old NWA stuff, maybe they've yeah. got laying around old Mid Atlantic, whatever St- they've got. Any, I mean, you cannot tell me guys like Tully Blanchard, Stan Hansen, Wildfire Tommy Rich. Who they could show their robes off, or show something. their stuff off. Bobby Heenan, Luger, Vader. You're looking here, you know. Th- yeah, Vader so should have many... his Mastodon head out there. Yeah, there's so much that these guys can can bring to put in like a glass case or put in like a in just like a corner as like the walkthrough, like Hall of Fame type or museum type deal. If they did that, WrestleCon would be the complete. Packet. And I also don't mind the, the paying for the autographs and stuff because also, it, like I say, it's a trade-off. You can wait in line all day to meet a main roster person, or you can pay 25 bucks and just walk right up and get all right. your stuff taken care of. Yeah. So it's a trade-off, but I yeah. like WrestleCon a lot better. Oh, I also forgot uh, the Boogeyman and my good personal friend, Little Boogie. They were there as well. Sorry, guys. 
Uh, if I have forgotten anybody else, please don't get offended. But uh, yeah, no, I, I feel like if they did the museum setup, it would be the ultimate. It could justify the admit the, the fact that you have to buy an admission ticket and then pay for autographs. If if they could justify the admission ticket a little bit more by having like w- what you said, like a memorabilia section or just some more freebies. For well, that's the- like Harley Race. Harley Race, who is a great legend, who I love have working for in the past. Uh, Harley Race has the original Starcade ring. Things like that. That right there, if you come and bring the original Starcade ring from 1983 and set it up, I mean, that's that right there alone is a memorabilia type. So there's plenty of stuff laying around out there that you could do this with. Yeah, somewhere out there. Yeah. Someone's got a warehouse full of it's stuff. It's just going to have to be it's going to have to be a group effort of getting it together but what this is only like the third year of it right this is the first time i'd ever even heard of it so i mean you i think they had one in new orleans for 30 but i don't know it's a relatively new okay thing i think the the list of performers attending it has certainly gone up yeah I mean, quite a bit especially to have people still associated with the company like Shawn michaels show up to it and like jim ross or the hardy boys who you know no one knew were going to show up on sunday right. but uh for them or jerry lawler who did the hall of fame on friday night to be there at WrestleCon. so yeah. yeah i think it's a it's a much better experience for fans and i think it's good that that wwe aren't being assholes and saying oh no you guys can't go do that either like i said we hung out with some old friends we caught up and made some new friends we uh we met some uh, some other podcasters. We uh, it's so unique. High spots. I sent you on Facebook. High spots had their cameras there for the weekend, and they did a great little collage. It's like an eight minute collage video of kind of what WrestleCon was all about this year. And so it's it's really it's a very neat. It's a very cool concept and setup. Now Friday night we went to the Hall of Fame. What were your thoughts on this year's Hall of Fame ceremony? Uh, I loved it. I mean, over half of the Hall of Fame were friends of mine, though, so I can't really, you know, that I'm kind of biased. And, you know, it was awesome to see finally DDP get, get his, his just due. I was ecstatic to see Ricky and Robert, the Rock and Roll Express, get in. And, uh, and shout out to another good friend, player, player, Teddy Long. No. I was kind of uh, disappointed with my man Jim Cornette, though. He didn't uh, Cornette he didn't drop the bomb like he was supposed to. But it's like he said when he walked out there. you could Moses could part the Red Sea and everything, and it still was not going to live up to the hype that these people had thought it was going to be. So the hype was bigger than it could have ever even attempted to be. But uh, Well, it also wasn't about him. It was about no, the Rock No, that's and Roll it, Express. man. It was about the Rock and Roll Express. Who, by the way, I wanted a Hall of Fame shirt for the Rock and Roll Express. Sold out before Friday night. You saw me ask at three different stands yeah. that they did not have ex- anything higher than large. Now you go on the website, all they have are smalls. So Rock and Roll Express shirts flew quicker than any other one. I have a feeling they produce less of them than the other ones, though. I just have a feeling. I don't know, man. Because they're still active on the independent circuit, you know. You know, not putting on five-star matches, but this is uh, these are two people that don't have Legends contracts that I'm not going to put a lot of money into your merch if you're not going to sign my contract. Basically. Ricky and Robert? Yeah. I, w- I would think that they would probably sign a Legends deal. They might have afterwards. I just think that they... Yeah, I mean, you've got Ricky who... They'll be in the video game next year. Which I'm ecstatic about. Or they'll do like they did with if they uh, do the, the Freebirds oh and they'll just God. put Ricky no. Morton in. 
if they that well that will piss me off. But if they do, and I will love this because you know how good friends I am with beautiful Bobby Eaton. If they do a Midnight Express, Rock and Roll Express in the video game next year, that makes up for leaving Terry Gordy out this oh, year. Oh wow, that would be awesome. You bring up that Terry Gordy thing. I didn't like in the you know because you told me that the Hall of Famers the downloads came with the videos. Yes, they purposely cut around Terry Gordy showing that he was ever oh, part yeah, of this group. Yeah, they didn't even show he was even when they did the Bad Street video, like yeah. music video. Yeah, they didn't even show. They his purposely part. cut around. Yeah, him. it kind of pissed me off. If they put the Midnight Express in the game with the Rock and Roll Express next year, I will forgive them for. For leaving them out. So. I already said this on the, the extra podcast, but I did Kurt Angle didn't really deliver the goods in No, his he speech. went out there and talked talked comedy. And, yeah. uh, which I enjoyed, don't get me wrong. Well yeah, people I mean, some people aren't comfortable discussing dark well, he dis- things. And well, we didn't get to see it, but I watched it yesterday before the podcast. His special It's True, It's True. With Corey Graves? With Corey Graves. Have you seen it? No. Okay, he actually got into his dark side in in regards to that. I think it was better off to go ahead and talk about it, but to do it on a tape setting and do the comedy side on the Hall of Fame setting. That way it kind of kept the Hall of Fame at an upbeat, higher... Well, it also was getting happy. getting late. I mean... God, man. Between okay, here we go. Beth Phoenix I'm gonna piss, and the Warrior Award. I, I'm going to piss a lot of people off here, and I really do not take this the way it's going to sound i am thrilled that 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 guy got the eric legrand i'm thrilled he got the warrior award congratulations it's not what the award was meant for but i i am thrilled that they allowed him to to come out and accept the award they need to limit these guys because he was up there for a good 45 minutes to an hour he he his acceptance speech was longer than mr t Talking about his mother going giving birth to him. I don't know that could that would have been close. It would have been a close. Uh... I mean, for the love of God, we've got to limit this. Hall of Fame went almost four hours. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's probably why Kurtz and uh, Teddy Long's speeches got cut a little bit. Yeah, especially when you have Beth Phoenix running down every diva she ever wrestled in her entire career. I mean, yeah, just dropping names left and right. And then also the thing in her speech when they did the whole the Edge playing his video and introducing him. You know, this wasn't about Edge. Like I just Yeah, he I had his the, year. I, I I agree. I know, that I just was... I know I know that she wanted to acknowledge him and that's fine, but like, you know, we didn't I love Tony Chimmel, but I didn't need Tony Chimmel walking out and like here we go. Now we we're spending five minutes on edge. Like, yeah. let's just move it along. Keep pick up the pace. Yeah, that's all. I mean, and like I'm saying, I'm not. Now I know there's going to be haters out there. Oh, Patrick Young's getting on to the disabled, or Patrick Young. No, that's not. Yeah, I'm 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 getting I'm getting on to him about access, and you're getting on to him about accepting speeches. We, we are not. We are I you. I don't know. <laughs> Me, I am not. I do not dislike the disabled or anything like that. Please follow that disclaimer right here and now. I just feel like there needs to be a professionalism. And if you're going to send these people out there like that, which I the kid was ecstatic to be there. I would have been if I was in his position as a fan side of it. I would get up there and I would ramble on and on too. Or maybe instead of spending the entire pre-show on the red carpet special, put somebody on the pre-show. I hate to say it, but I mean... Put the Warrior Ward on the pre-show. Because they're not wrestlers. 
Right. <laughs> I mean, that's it's just. I mean, it's just that simple. That's what I. That's my proposal to it. Uh, you know, take 15 minutes away from the red carpet special and hand out the Warrior Award. Yeah. And just be done with it. Yeah. So, what did you think about the main show, WrestleMania 33, on Sunday evening, which ran on Patrick? If we had gotten there when gates opened, we would have been there nine hours. Gates well, opened at Camping World Stadium, which they refused to call Camping World Stadium. They would only call it the Citrus Bowl. Which, if I worked at Camping World Stadium and I spent all the money on advertising to buy the naming rights to this stadium... I'd be pissed, too. The announcers only referred to it as the Citrus Bowl, but it opened its gates at 3.30, and we didn't get out of there until midnight, or slightly after midnight. Actually, yeah, it was later than that. We had to walk through a pretty rough part of town just to be able to catch a uh, an Uber and uh, back to our place. And uh, I was getting a little nervous there on some some street corners. It was it was a good show. Uh, I thought the Bray Wyatt Randy Orton match was very entertaining. A lot I like the projector screen that, stuff, but I thought was, the match stunk. I, I enjoyed the match from start to finish. Solid match. AJ Shane McMahon, I think was the match that stole the show. Well, I think it over-delivered because the bar was set so low. The bar was set so low because people were thinking, oh, it's going to be this or something. No, that match was ecstatic. Well, it was better than expected. No, I think the best match on the card actually ended up being Brock and Goldberg, honestly, just because I liked the intensity of it. I know they only did four moves total, but I enjoyed it. I just thought that was the right way to. It was perfectly booked. Yeah, oh, I agree. It was. It was done, and we got it. We got more than a minute and a half to two minutes. But it's like I told you. Think about it. He showed up. Yeah, shortly before Survivor Series. Okay. Yeah, right so, after the video game came out. Okay, so showed up in November. So this is now April. All right. So in a four month, almost five month span, there, Goldberg did a spear, a jackhammer, a punch. And had three matches and a title run with a spear, a jackhammer, and a punch. <laughs> Pretty good work if you can get it. Hey, but that that's a damn good good day's work right there. Yeah, it's well worth the that's, uh, money that he made. Yeah, to do hardly nothing. Imagine breaking up what he got paid per move. He, got, he made really good bank per yeah. move. Yeah. He didn't really break a sweat that much. Well, he broke a sweat just walking to the ring because he's yeah. 50 years old. But no, I thought that that was actually my favorite as far as being entertaining match of the evening. I mean, the, the ladder match, the pop for the Hardy Boys' return was nice, but as far as ladder matches go, I don't think that was one of the greatest ladder matches in no. the history of the company or anything. No, it, it, it will not stand in ladder match history. But that pop will because, oh my God, that pop literally shook that entire stadium. That was amazing. That was the pop of the night. Before even before Taker, I mean that was pop of the night, and I don't think anybody expected it. Rumors were yes, but when you go back, well, I thought that they would hold them off until Raw because that's we just all tradition. That. That's tradition. You have your your returns the very next night. Well, especially when New Day was the one that brought him out, because Logic would say, "If I'm a tag team, I'm going to put I'm my put myself in that match." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so and, you have to suspend logic here. Well, and when they when they showed the Hardy's logo and hit that first drum that drum roll, just that first boom of the music of their music, that place went absolutely fucking nuts. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about there was kids that were don't even know who the hell they are that were like, "Holy crap, this this is pretty cool." I like the fact that the Hardys are back. 
Well, let's just hope it doesn't go like the Dudley boys last run. Hell, they've already passed the Dudleys. They got a title. <laughs> That's true. That so, is true. I mean, and they got to they got on a WrestleMania. Yeah. So. Nikki and Cena get engaged. Well, they you were right. They got engaged after a win, and the match was terrible, and it took about eight minutes yeah. total and two minutes for the proposal. And Nikki Bella should never be doing an attitude adjustment. Or the you can't see me. No. It just looks terrible. But see, I think Maurice is a hell of a worker. <laughs> Dude, do you remember anything about yeah. divas from I don't know 2004 onward? Yeah. Because it was not. No, there was not. There were a few, a <laughs> few, a select. And Maurice few. was not one. She was a Playboy cover girl. She was not. Well, I'm not knocking that. I, but I no, I just think... I don't think she ever had any skill in ring. And then. Just, Okay, so she's very limited in ring to begin with, and then you say, "Hey, take like six years off," well, I'm, and then no. and then try to wrestle at WrestleMania. No, I agree. I'm not. I mean, I wasn't looking for. I mean, it wasn't. It, it was, we weren't it, expecting a five star match. Let's, right. I mean, there was no match on the card. There that was I think. no way in hell this was going to be Savage Steamboat. I mean, let's just. There was no match on the card that could have done that, though. You were going into this match into this pay per view with low expectations. Absolutely, about match quality. We saw, and unfortunately, I I make this. We on driving back, I made the joke. Well, you know where they say people go to Florida to retire. The very next night, we got confirmation: Goldberg retired for good. Undertaker's gone as well. Well, uh, Goldberg wasn't that unexpected, and I mean Undertaker, that one. But they both, you know, the company, and both of them. Didn't totally close the door, Patrick. I mean, you know, even on the even on the company's website, it said, "Did the Undertaker retire?" Question mark. So they always want to leave that door just cracked ever so slightly open. I, it's, he's pretty much done. I don't think I mean, you can. That do... match was miserable. That match was hard to watch. Oh Fair, yeah, that match was bad. It was nice that they only made him walk halfway down that eighty oh, foot God. ramp if he or had eighty to walk yard that, ramp. If he had to walk that whole, that whole ramp, we'd still be there for his entrance. <laughs> Yeah. I'm sorry that we left the stadium before we saw the disrobement. Uh, but we were not alone in leaving the stadium no, as soon as No, a lot of people th- were pissed off, and I want to cover this right here and now. People are pissed, just like I am, about it being Roman Reigns. Especially when you could have done Cena Taker. I agree it should not have been Roman. Well, if you're going to turn him heel, then yeah, it should have been. But this, and you are not going to expect me to say this ever, and this is the only time I will say this. You remember the movie Old Yeller? They needed okay, to go ahead Shawn and, Michaels. No, I'm serious. They needed to go ahead and pull the plug. Taker, was he's getting to that age where he just can't, he can't perform anymore. Well, it's, yeah. It's sad. It's depressing. I don't like it. No Undertaker fan out there likes it. But seeing how much pain he was with his hip during this match. Well, just how slow he was moving around. He shouldn't. I mean, he was in, yeah. He was in chronic pain going into this match. He couldn't help Roman lift him up for that uh, tombstone attempt. So they, No, Roman they had a muscled botch. him. He tried. He yeah. Couldn't get him. It was just, I mean, it was. he was in chronic pain going into this match. I mean, I don't like it. I hate the fact that we had to finally, you know, see... The end of the Undertaker. Well, and I'm, I apologize to you just to that we didn't get to stay. To, I didn't know there was going to be the post match thing. No. I just uh, and also well, it plays better on you know watching it on television. Well, everybody anyway. was everybody was pissed. 
That was a very aggressive walk out of the stadium. I wish someone had taken an aerial shot of the stadium to just see how empty it was as soon as that that three came. That three count, man, and there was people cussing like crazy walking out of there. Oh yeah, we we actually took the stairs. We didn't take the escalator down. We took the stairs. People around us literally cursing at the fact that they would they would do that and have it be his last match and fucking give Roman Reigns that opportunity. And and here's another thing. I have watched the the bite this or the catch up, what whatever the fuck they call it. Bring the, it to the table. Bring it to the table shit. JBL Oh, I saw this can clip. make this fucking argument all he wants about oh he still he, people People around, stand up. I people see stand it every up. night. Yeah, people stand up, people love him. I don't give a shit what you want. You stand up because you're booing him. You're no people aren't fucking standing up. Kids are. Yeah, some kids like him. Kids. But I'm sorry, kids don't pay... That little pay, girl in front of us loves the shield. Kids don't pay the bills, dude. Kids don't pay out the money for the ticket. It's the fans. It's the adults. It's the ones that have the money. You need to gear towards them to some degree. Yeah. And the fact that they gave that opportunity and that right to... Instead of giving it to a John Cena or an AJ Styles or Finn Balor. Oh, that would have been great, those two entrances back-to-back. The Demon King and The Undertaker. Something along, giving that opportunity. Braun Strowman, even. Braun Strowman. Giving that opportunity to someone who can elevate their career or someone who's elevated to that point like a John Cena. Who's on Undertaker's level. Who's on Undertaker's level. And have it be passing of the torch and have it be respectful and done that way. I I think that pill would have been a lot easier to swallow for everybody in that entire stadium and everybody around the world. The fact that it was fucking Roman Reigns is yeah. what pisses people off. I made the statement, I showed the video and uh and made a nice little tribute statement there uh about Taker, you know, with the video leaving the ring and, and everything. And and it was it's hard to put into words the fact that twenty seven years that you're on top. Let's put... I well, mean, that can be debated, Patrick. Okay. I don't think he was ever the top guy. How many people do you know that one... He's Scottie Pippen to whoever was playing Jordan at the time. He's very important. He's a vital player. He's a huge star. But he was never Michael Jordan. Who's the... who's Who else in the wrestling business do you know that with one... Can be gone for a year. And with one gong... One sound of their music and that place go absolutely nuts for 27 years. Well, I mean, exactly. I mean, there is not another person on this in the business on this planet. I don't care if Jordan came back to the NBA and they lights went out and they hit his music and you know, the whole steamboat music and people like. Oh my God! They're not going to freak until they realized it's Jordan coming out in his in his shorts and he's ready to play again. You knew by one gong who it was. He was there to kick ass, and you were going to get to see one hell of an opportunity because it and was. He was going to win at WrestleMania. It was a rare opportunity. The Undertaker towards the last few years. Towards, yeah. It's it's a rare opportunity in the past. I, I put it I put it in regards to this, and kids are not going to understand what the fuck I'm saying here, but bear with me. Territories. When you had the territories back in the 60s and 70s and the early 80s, you had wrestling territories. 
What was the main attraction for wrestling territories? Ric Flair. And Andre the Giant. Oh, okay, yeah. You circled the champ and Andre the Giant into your town. And when you put that guy, one of those two, either the world heavyweight champion or Andre the Giant on your card, you knew good and damn well you were going to get a hell of a, a hell of a house. You were going to yeah. make bank. I mean, you, I think that's a great comparison, and then that's the only way to try to compare it. I was watching through, I was flipping through the, the uh, Undertaker 25, 25 years that they did two years ago. The this, this section's still on there. There's a little two minutes, two-minute video, and, and I don't, the, the video's great and all, but if you actually just could, even if you just pipe in, it's Taker talking about his career. And it's it's raw. It's not Taker character. It's not badass Taker. It's it's just Mark Calloway talking about his career. It's really powerful and it's really cool stuff. It's really it really is it's awesome. The fact that that man was in so much pain and went out there and went thirty minutes. I don't think that match was thirty minutes. But uh, well, from entrance, Seth Rollins, Triple H was twenty six. From entrance to entrance, I mean, from entrance to exit, thirty minutes. Oh, well, that's probably true. That was a that's that's hard to that's hard to hold the pain out to be able to stand in front of that audience and perform like that, like that for that time being. Part of his longevity was always because he was never billed as the top guy. He's very talented. His mic work was just never on par with Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, oh, great talkers. I agree. And that's probably why I think he lasted as long as he did. And, and I mean, the character, just all the work they put into this character. Yeah. All the money they invested. The Undertaker's Magic Tricks is one of the greatest productions. Oh, yeah. We talked about this coming back um, in the car ride. I would love to figure out how they pulled some of the stuff they pulled off like levitating the ring in front of people like you can't tell me that you had a whole contraption underneath that ring lifting that ring up just and, for one thing just yeah, just for one night can, yeah. yeah and it's not like you can have wires attached to it and all that because then the crowd would see it so the 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 money that they invested in in him paid off if they turn roman heel then i think it, it's all worth it because, but if they keep him as Mr. Superhero Babyface... They're not going to turn him heel. Well, what he They're did on Monday it, sure was heelish. They're going to have him be what he wants to be. They're going to have him be exactly what he is. Love him or hate him, we don't give a shit. Right, they can expect to be losing a lot of money because I will not be attending WrestleMania in New Orleans to see Roman Reigns' main event again. I'm just not going to do it. But see, like I say, then they're going to throw in some Kurt Angle match, and then you're, they're going to try and sucker me in there. They're going to try yeah. and bring me there anyway. But Well, I mean, you know, it would be awesome to see Kurt back in the ring. And uh, we saw Kurt back in the ring Monday night, but in, That's another, right. in another capacity. The new Raw GM. Because so. Stephanie fell through a table. So, I mean, that... Everyone knows when you fall through a table, Patrick, you're out for months. Yeah. Maybe years. Yeah, that was introduced. And he didn't really do much after he was introduced as the GM. That was pretty no. much it. Uh, I think it was just kind of a to-do, like, hey, we're going to announce it. but We'll see how much he does on Monday for the superstar shakeup, Patrick. Yes, yes. The uh, Also, some uh, big debuts on Monday. We saw the Revival come up. Revival? We saw um, on Emma returned. Emma. We saw on the uh, on SmackDown one I'm 
really pumped about Nakamura. I was just like, that's it. He just came out and did his entrance. Yeah. But those the people that were still the we people had, that were still in Orlando on Tuesday probably went to NXT on Saturday because yeah. you're not staying that long and not you have to be the hardest of hardcore fans to stay from Friday all the way to Tuesday yeah. and do every single event. Yeah. So they probably already saw him wrestle on Saturday. I just thought that the audience at home kind of got robbed because I know he doesn't speak English, so he's not going to cut a promo or whatever, but I thought it was weird that he came out at the end of that Miz segment and just did his entrance. And then they went to commercial. Yeah. That was it. Imagine if that was Chris Jericho's debut in 99 or whatever. He just oh, came yeah. out. Like the, the timer, you know, the Y2J countdown came out. He just stood there. Go to commercial. Yeah. Not that memorable right. of an entrance. Yeah, I, I think, but you can kind of cancel that a little bit due to his in-ring work. Oh, I mean, it's exciting to know that he's going to be there. I just thought that the crowd and the, yeah. the audience at home. Yeah. Got robbed. They should. They should have had some jobber out there and had him destroy him. Yeah, I. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We saw the return of the Hardys. This is the first WrestleMania with no Howard Finkel. The streak is broken. That was the real streak. The fact that the man went thirty-two WrestleManias straight. At least in some capacity. I yeah, mean, he was in. He was in some capacity a part on of camera. Camera WrestleMania. Yeah. For no, and with no explanation. No. And I don't think anybody actually realized it either. No, I think at, when the Hall of Fame roll call, we expected him to be there, and we were probably the only ones sitting in our little area that even noticed. That no Finkel. No Fink. It's so, terrible. It's sad. But back to Hall of Fame real quick. But uh, as for Hall of Fame, Kurt Angle. We'll yeah. touch back on this. Memorable finish has always been known for Hall of Fame. The headliner ends it in a big way somehow. Dusty ended it with dancing. Austin ended it with drinking a beer. Sting Hope. just grabbed the bat <laughs> and put on shades. Yeah, but that was still kind of cool. That was Sting's thing. How do you feel about Kurt Angle ending it with the milk? It was fine. Like I said, I don't. I wasn't in. I wasn't into the comedy really for the Hall of Fame. A little bit of that's fine. Um, I don't really think, I mean, and he said he wasn't planning on singing. Oh, no, that seemed very planned. He said he didn't, that it was the fans that were asking. And the fans were asking for it. Now, the fans did pretty much push for a lot of the stuff that we got. Well, I mean, it was still. So he dumped milk on his suit. It was a waste. His suit probably smells terrible the next day. Yeah, there was two full gallons of milk that he practically. Well, it was two quarts. Well, I want to hear your thoughts. What are your thoughts on Mania? What was your thoughts on the Hall of Fame and your thoughts on our weekend together? Like I said, I enjoyed WrestleCon. I sat there and watched a lot of the stage presentations. It was fine. I thought the Hall of Fame was uh, mediocre at best. Um, I enjoyed DDP's speech a lot, and that's pretty much it. The rest of the speeches... I thought Beth Phoenix was uh, pretty emotional. She just droned on too long, named every single diva she ever interacted with in her life uh then i thought the uh main show of wrestlemania boy that dean ambrose match was a stinker that was bad and i thought that the two women's matches i thought they under delivered i thought it was just uh i thought it was better than last year's mania which isn't saying much 
Yeah. The draw I, of last year's was just because it was an, over 100,000 people. But out of the three we've gone to, I think 30 is still much, much better than yeah. than this one. And I and definitely way, this one was better than 27, so the bar wasn't set too high with 27. <laughs> no, so. uh, we had no Rock cameo, no, no rock, Stone Cold cameo, no uh, Shawn Michaels cameo. It's, it's Florida. I figured we would have a Hogan. And he opened his beach shop. Yeah, we got to go check out the beach shop. We did go check out the beach shop. Yeah, with wax figures of Hulkster and his and, Viper. And the Viper. That he Dude, I rode in and stole all of WCW's monies in. I, I want that damn Viper. Well, you're going to have to keep saving up, I think. Because that's... I wonder how much that damn thing's worth. You're going to have to dust it off, though. They didn't bother dusting yeah, it off. Yeah, it was pretty dusty, wasn't it? And if you go to his beat shop, you better bring some money. Let's clarify this. A rep- I thought the prices were reasonable, though. Did you look at some of the autograph stuff? Oh, no. If it had an autograph on it, no. Then it was no longer reasonable. The replica belts alone, the cheapest replica belt was the 86 with the WWF logo, which uh, is, is, they had the old block WWF logo on it, I, which I was like, hell yeah, I want to check. $1,500. Was that signed? Yes. Oh, okay. Because I told him, I said, for $1,500, it better come with gold-plated something. It better be actual gold. And they had the uh, they had the uh, winged eagle with the WWF logo, the block WWF on it. And it was 2500 Yeah, so if it had even the action figures that had Hogan's signature on it, that, that signature makes over, all the difference. They were pushing over $100. If oh, it, well yeah, over 100 If there was a signature on it, it was over 100 bucks. The only two things that weren't over $100 were the two WCW uh, trading cards that we we got as kids, you know. Had Hogan riding in the Viper, and then Hogan and Savage, the Mega Powers reunited WCW. Both of those you can get autographed. One of them was 60, the other one was 75. That was the only <laughs> autograph you could get in Hogan's Beat Shop for under $100. Without buying a ticket to actually have him autograph. I don't know what those tickets were going for. Tickets for him to get an autograph. Tickets were $100 for you just to show up oh, wow. those days and bring one item. And you had to bring your item. It wasn't like you were getting one. You had to bring your own item. He wouldn't item. even give you an 8 by 10 for 100 no, bucks. No. You had to bring your own item wow. to get autographed. That's, that's so, pretty insane. Yeah. Yeah, well, I thought definitely if they were going to bring Hogan back, it would have been this year in Orlando. But and Orlando being so close to Miami, I don't know why well, the Tampa. hell we didn't get Flo- uh, didn't get Rock, especially with his boy Roman Reigns having a big moment, you know, yeah. his cousin or whatever. And that would have been an easier pill to swallow too, is if they had the Rock come out. Oh and no, help no, him. no, no, no! After that, what happened at the Royal Rumble that year? They are not doing that anymore. They are not going to associate Rock with. Roman Reigns on screen. Well, they is, got The Rock booed. That's, the Rock hadn't been booed since he was Rocky Maivia. <laughs> that's true. Since, and so, since early 96. Yeah, and so when he came out and raised Roman Reigns' hand after winning that Rumble, it was one of the worst decisions they ever made. And I think the look on Rock's face pretty much said it all. So you will not be seeing... Until Rock. we get Roman Reigns going into the Hall of Fame or Rock going into the Hall of Fame, these two are or not going we'll to have be. Rock versus Roman. Maybe you're going to family. Get, you're going to get that a blood. At, you know, you're gonna, blood runs cold. Family you're gonna, feud. You're, you'll get that at the mania. No, I think uh, we would have been better off uh, Saturday evening instead of watching NXT if we'd gone to Supercard of Honor. Made, yeah. made the hour drive to Lakeland and spent the twenty five bucks. I think we would have gotten. Would have got to see the Hardys and the Young Bucks and then get to see them on Sunday again at WrestleMania, the Hardys. So. I heard that that match was a hell of a match, too. Yeah. 
There was also another team in it. I'm not sure because I don't keep up with Ring of Honor well, that much. But. I'm not a Young Bucks fan, but I still heard that that was a great match. Yeah. And so, so uh, yeah, we made. I made a mistake there. I should have just spent the 25 bucks and driven driven the hour out instead of watching NXT because I thought that. I mean, I like Bobby Roode and I like Nakamura, but I thought that match stank. They have a Styles Clash, which is not the move, but just their Styles Clash. Talking about NXT, this is my last thing. Uh, Simon Gotch got released from WWE. Well, he was on the main roster. Did you know that the VOD villains were on the main roster? Yes. They were on the SmackDown roster. Here is why, however. Because he got heat backstage. He was an asshole. He had attitude problems was the politically correct way of saying this is why we were letting him go. Well, it was mutually agreed upon in yeah. quotation marks. So It's pretty bad when your own tag team partner for the VOD villains is like, dude, I don't want anything to do with him. I, I want away from him. Uh, before we get into the draft from 2004, the first time that, well, actually the second time, it was the second draft ever. This was a draft lottery. Yes. But it had the same pitch. Every time they need to do a draft, Vince says the same shit every time. Gonna shake it up. Gonna shake things up around here. <laughs> and this year, they instead of doing a draft, they just called it the Superstar Shake-Up. Uh, but before we get into that, I just wanted to briefly mention, yes, Mauro Ronaldo parted ways with the company, and it's highly rumored that it's from bullying from JBL. I fucking hate JBL. I've always hated JBL. He is a locker room bully. Uh, these are all alleged insta- instances of bullying, but it's been documented in many wrestling books, the types of... Re- You've done some more research on this than I have. What all has JBL been... There's several instances... ...said that he's done? Well, there's several instances of hazing with other wrestlers and other performers, especially Justin Roberts in his book has a, has a instance where JBL stole this guy's passport, had a wrestler steal this guy's passport. He got stuck in another country. Almost missed a show. Almost got fired because of that. Because of a JBL just thinks, oh, that's ribbing the boys, you know. No, this is this goes beyond just a practical joke when you're screwing with someone's livelihood. Right. And anyway, Mauro Ronaldo talks about being bipolar a lot, has uh, mental illness. I mean, we don't talk about mental illness a lot in this country, but someone like JBL, I can imagine, is going to be a dick to you. Especially yeah. when you're better than JBL is at commentary. Oh, when, yeah. When he's jealous... And I don't know, there hasn't been, Morrow does a podcast, it's going to come out here in a few weeks, he, he, he's taken a hiatus from it just like he has on te- television, but we'll probably get more of the story or as much story as he's willing to talk about then, um, but it's highly, highly rumored that JBL was a big part of that, so on Twitter over the weekend, the hashtag FireJBL was uh, a big trend, especially when the company brands itself on be a star, don't bully others, you know do the right thing, and then you have a locker room bully like JBL out there, but he's friends with Vince, and really, at the end of the day, that's what keeps you employed with the company. So, I mean, there's instances of, like, doing stuff to guys in the showers, I believe, in one instance. I think in Bob Holly's book, there's something that's mentioned. I don't have specifics listed in front of me, but... I Well, I'm, he comes off like a dick. And yeah. I've never had a problem with JBL. Really? Until, like we talked about just a few minutes oh, ago. Oh, well, his performance on Bring It to the Table just reinforces how much, oh, yeah. ECW One Night Stand, when he decked Blue Meanie, and the when they brawled in the ring because he'd been drinking all night. And, oh, and he did knock the shit out of Blue Meanie. That's yeah, true. Yeah, and he almost got the company sued, but they instead, this is how wrestlers, of course, handle things. Instead of 
filing a lawsuit, they settled with Blue Meanie, and Blue Meanie and Steve, like Stevie Richards got to beat JBL on SmackDown one time or something. Yeah. That was like how they settled it. Yeah. Very carny. But Bring It to the Table is when it really comes out, just how, mu- how much hatred he has for just people that he looks down upon and just vitriol and just... Yeah. Uh, I don't like the guy, and I don't. I don't think his commentary saves him. You know, if Jr. No, if Jr. was a big, big asshole to people, but still is the best commentator in the world, then I could overlook it. But JBL offers nothing on commentary. He toes the company line. Yeah, I, I've never had a problem with JBL. I've even liked JBL at times. But that on this the the round table is that what they call it? What bring the, it to the table. Bring it to the table. I can't see it's the show's so shitty. I don't even remember the name of it. The fact that he would get on there and lie, lie, <laughs> openly, full blown lie. Just tow the company line. Even even fucking even Corey Graves got heat from being on it with Shane McMahon for comments that he made on, on oh, the yeah, show. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, oh yeah, that he didn't like. The idea of the match with AJ Styles. And even he got heat on it, which is, in my opinion, the whole point of the show. The point show. of the show is to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, I think the company's screwing this up. Hey, I think we're doing great here. Hey, you know, we could do better. This is this an way. honesty. This needs to be, this show, if done right, needs to be an honesty, full blown report card of how WWE is actually doing. And, and yeah, you have a that is your and your announcer whoever it needs to be your your fans not a defender. He's in there playing defense. He needs to be your your fans mouthpiece basically. Or if you disagree with the assessment that is brought to the table instead of just saying, "Oh, well they don't know what they're talking about. They're stupid." Yeah, that's, that's not, bullshit. Well, that's not Give a, me a legitimate reason. Des- yeah, go and describe it more than just, I see him standing up every week. That's good enough for me. Yeah, well, that's like when Heyman was on there, and Heyman's like, yeah, oh, well, they-, they don't know what they're talking about. I love Heyman to death. But, but he did the same thing as Heyman JBL. Heyman did the same fucking thing. And the fact that the fact that they would turn around and blow this show already this quickly. Well, I thought the first episode it was blown. I was... Right, but I figured, I thought Corey Gra- Graves helped it out a lot because he did, yeah, he did bring some honesty to the yeah, table. Yeah, but if they're just going to keep having JBL sit there and defend, well, everything. for him to have to apologize, make Corey Graves apologize on camera, I thought was bullshit. And he did that. I didn't. know Yeah, that. he actually had to apologize publicly, apologize, saying, you know what, I was wrong. I got pulled to the side by Shane. I've apparently made some people mad. I'm sorry. I did not mean to. It was strictly my opinion. And then that's when he asked him, well, what did, when you got pulled to the side by Shane? Well, my thing is, do not fucking bring it up that you got pulled to the side by Shane and then say, well, I would rather not say. Hell no. That's the whole premise of this fucking show. Bring it to the table. Bring it to the table. You have a problem. (laughs) It's very two-sided for them on the Raw after WrestleMania to say, Oh, this is just the fans' freedom of expression. You, you're in America. You have the right to say whatever you want. And then when their talent says whatever they want, it's oh no no no. Yeah, don't say that. Don't yeah. speak the truth. Yeah. So it's it's bullshit. Whatever. It's bring it to the bullshit. Let's take a trip down memory lane to the last. Well, to one of the many times we've had to shake things up around here. Oh, we're shaking it, shaking things up around here. It's the second ever. WWE draft. This time it's the draft lottery, Patrick. Not a traditional draft where you can just go out there and just pick I, who you I want. Wanna, I want to ask you about this. 
Yeah. How, how did you like this as pertained to actually drafting? I like. I prefer the actual draft. Much Do you better. really? Now here, and they've done this draft. You know, they've done it different ways. Three or that's four different asking, ways. Yeah, that's why I'm asking. This, but this is almost like how they did it towards the end of the first brand extension in quotation marks. Remember when it would just be the graphic on the Titantron and it would just be randomly selected? Yeah, I thought I, that was bullshit. I don't like that. No. Because we all know that it's a work. We all know that's a work. At least within this, like on this show, you know it's a work, but still it it made it some type of... Yeah, it's a Tumblr, at least, instead of like a predetermined graphic, you know, appears on the screen. Right. But I prefer the actual, what they did last year, the draft, where you just go out there. Just like an NFL draft or an NBA draft. Yeah. Yeah. Modeled in realism, I mean, but even that gets kind of muddied when you take like... Now, now, I'm not dissing Charlotte Flair, but you draft like Charlotte Flair instead of like Brock Lesnar, you know, like in, in the order of people drafted. I'd you, take Charlotte over Brock. Oh, of course too, you would, yes. Uh, but no, I really would. You but know, you would take. You know my feelings about Brock, but proceed. But you take Seth Rollins over AJ Styles, something like okay, that. Okay, I'm that, with you. Yeah. Even that won't make any sense, but. So that's the, what I prefer first. I would say out of the three draft types that I guess we've witnessed. This would be my second choice because at least the Tumblr adds some element of maybe this isn't, you know, a total work. Right. When, when a graphic that pops on the screen, that didn't just get there by magic. You can't just randomly select a graphic yeah. to yeah. be on the screen. This was my pick for this week because, of course, yes, tonight, Monday night, we're going to shake things up again. But it's not a draft. It's going to be random moves. How do you think we're going to – how the how are – or are they going to pull this one off this year? I believe it's all going to be, I guess, trades. And for comedy effect, I'm sure there will be some releases. And then they'll just walk over to the other... You'll see backstage segments where James Ellsworth gets released by SmackDown and walks over to Kurt Angle and gets signed. Kurt Angle gives him a job if he beats Braun Strowman in, in a match. <laughs> no, no, no. That would be very bad. No, that would be hilarious. Okay, but I just, it's going to be something like that. Do you think we're going to get tag team broke, break, tag teams broken no. up and things like that? No. We'll talk about our predictions at the end of okay. this thing. March 22nd, 2000, we are a week removed from WrestleMania 20. Eight days removed from WrestleMania 20. We're at the Joe Louis Arena in Detroit, which is almost about to be uh, demolished. They have one more house show coming up in the Joe Louis Arena. The site of Halloween Havoc 95, of course, uh, is uh, on the chopping block, Patrick. It's very sad. The Kobo Hall across the street, I believe, is still there where the Sumo Monster Truck Challenge happened. But the Joe Louis Arena is... uh, Why are they tearing it down? Does that give a reason? I don't think the Pistons play there anymore, so it's just been vacant for a while. Okay, so here's... Now we're back to my bitch about venues. Places now like the Cow Palace, places like, you know, Silver Dome and the Georgia Dome. Now you're adding this one. Why? I think Why ju- to turn around and build another fucking stadium? Because you know they're going to. Well, yeah, they probably already have. That's why they're getting rid of this one. So What's the point? Instead of keeping the prestige and the honor of how this great venue. I think it probably just has to do with upkeep costs when they were building these things out of concrete. It's probably just hard to maintain with older buildings. But it is odd that we do make some exceptions with like Wrigley Field or Fenway Park. Some legendary places, we 
refuse to let them go, but it seems like anything from like built in the 70s onward, we're willing to go ahead and just blow that up. We don't care about that. Right, and that makes no sense to me whatsoever. So, yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly, though. I just think it's a big waste of money. I do, too. When you can renovate much cheaper. If there aren't structural issues with the building where it's going to collapse on its own. Well, other than the Georgia Dome, the other argument is the new Braves Stadium that people right. are pitching a bitch about because they have, instead of using still the Turner Field, it's only 20 Field, years old. Right. Instead of using Turner Field, they've just gone out of the... They're in the suburbs. Yeah. Now. They're not even in Atlanta. Right. And so that's what's pissed, pissed a lot of people off is and and so it's all about greed yeah it's who whose dick's bigger and who can i piss off and how many luxury suites can i pack in here for how much can i raise ticket prices oh it's a brand new stadium you're gonna pay you'll pay more right you'll pay more right so it's always it's just a and it makes these things harder to attend like i said our wrestlemania tickets we were in the nosebleeds and they were a hundred dollar tickets yeah and so yeah, it's just going to keep getting worse and worse, unfortunately. For this draft from March 22nd, 2004, we start out with the, of course, that means that the GM of Raw is Eric Bischoff and the GM of SmackDown is Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman. Yes. This is the end of, well, spoiler alert, this is the end of the Paul Heyman era of... We'll see the end of Heyman. The, yeah, the end of Paul Heyman, well, at least until the ECW relaunch. Yes. So uh, True, very true. Each of them only have six selections, so a total of 12 people will be moving tonight, unless they were drafting tag teams, which they weren't. They were, they were drafting individuals. It, well, did you catch the fact that... Yes, every, every employee is eligible, including injured superstars, commentators, champions, and general managers. Everybody got drafted. They only showed these 12 on TV. No, that's not true. Really? Yes, these were the only 12 moves. But you see, did you know Vince... So, wait a minute. So, Raw got <laughs> screwed. Hold on. Yeah, well, you're forgetting about the trades that could occur before midnight, Patrick, because Raw fixed the problems that they had. Oh, did they? No. Yes, I will I will explain at the okay. end. Um, I was about to say, because then Raw got screwed over here. Yes. Every single employee is eligible. We start out the show with a look at both locker rooms, then we have a stare down between the GMs where they are interrupted by Vince. Vince tells us once again, we're going to shake things up. It's the first draft lottery in WWE history. They Any way to make it a first. Oh, Throw yeah. that extra word in. Yeah. Lottery. First. First Hell in a Cell actually happened in the Omni in Atlanta. First ladder match ever actually happened in... If you add enough adjectives to it, if you add enough descriptives to it, oh, you can it's... always... It's the first every time. Yeah. The first time every time. Yeah. He tells them, this is important to remember here, they can trade superstars before midnight if they don't like their selections. And I feel like both GMs will have uh, quite a bit of trading they'll want to do at the end of the night. He tells Bischoff that champions are not exempt, and then Vince refuses to shake either Bischoff or Heyman's hands. Then he just walks away. Union Underground theme hits, and Raw is off and running. This is how how do you rate the Union Underground theme song? Oh, we've talked about this before. This is my second favorite. Second favorite. Okay, yeah, I would put it as my second favorite uh, to the Attitude Era "Thorn in My Eye." Well, see, theme. my first one is is the first one with Sean doing the the crossbody off the top of the you the know, building, the building, and all, yeah. 
JR and King will have the call for Raw. The commentary desk is is next to the ramp like it is today because that's what GM Bischoff did. That's one of the first changes he made when he took over Raw. Well, that was to make it somewhat nitro. look like Nitro. So. Yeah. Taz and Cole are ringside for the blue brand. This is when SmackDown was taped on Tuesday but aired on Thursday nights. It's the I'm back theme, so Bischoff is out first. Then Heyman's theme is just generic rock biddle music. He introduces himself by doing the ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman bit. I thought this was a relatively new thing. No, Heyman's always done this. Heyman, as soon as he came into WWE, did this, or WWF at the time, did this right after they bought ECW. And he's done it ever since, which is brilliant. You suck chance breakout for Heyman. He says Eric attracts a classy audience, and he says his neck brace is from an attack from The Undertaker. Well, Heyman would have his revenge at WrestleMania 30 when he guided Brock Lesnar to ending the streak. Let's so not bring that one A up. long-term story was built here in 2004. He plugs Thursday on SmackDown that he'll deal with The Undertaker in his own personal way. SmackDown gets the first pick. There's no coin toss or explanation of how he got the first pick. He just has it. He uses the gold tumbler thing that you use for, like, lottery balls. Yeah. And he picks the first superstar drafted. Wow, what a pick. Number one, La Resistance. Rene Dupree. Rene Dupree. Yikes. We're off to a <laughs> pretty bad start. I said, what luck. Your number one pick is Rene Dupree, who's only 20 years old here. He yeah. started wrestling at the age of 14. And so today, in 2017, he's only 33 years old. He's, yes. he's younger than AJ Styles. He's, he's, he's friends with me on Facebook. Rene is hilarious on Facebook. Um, Boy, he is jacked here in Renee 2004. Is pumped. And he still is to this day, too. Rene Dupree is huge. He comes out with the French flag and gets USA chants in his direction. He cuts a promo in French and tells the audience to shut up. He'll die in hell before his last raw moment was a stunner from Steve Austin from last week. So he demands one final match on Raw. Heyman and Bischoff say, go ahead, go for it. So who does he get? Y2J. Y2J. Yes, that's right. Who's still angry about the Trish thing. So he doesn't do his normal... Well, I'd be pissed off, too, if I lost Trish. So he doesn't do his rock star pose. Instead, he marches to the ring like he's very, very angry. He's mad. Y2J counters the sunset flip into the walls of Jericho, but Dupree gets the ropes. Y2J hits a springboard dropkick that sends Renee to the floor. Jericho rolls him in. Dupree hits a dropkick for a two count. Dupree does the French tickler knee drop, but then gets inside cradle for a two count. Jericho hits an insiguri and gets the win. In three minutes and five seconds, an insiguri to beat your number one draft pick. Okay, well, here's the deal. I think they were running out of time, and it was one of those, hey, take it home situations, and they just had no of, no way of setting up for it. So it was like, hey, just stay down. Yeah, well, and it's also like, hey, we need to get to Austin. So Austin yeah. music hits, and of course, the sheriff of Raw, drives his ATV very violently around the ring. This man is very dangerous on this ATV. <laughs> he really is. He, is. he is exceeding the speed limit for the arena. He had that thing on two wheels making turns with it. it yeah. Was- <laughs> he could have rolled that thing on himself one of these days. He gets in the ring, and you know what? He says, hey, Rene Dupree, let's shake hands. You know, yeah. let's end this on a good note. Right. But instead... He if, gives him the stunner. If Austin ever offers you a handshake, don't take it. I mean, had Rene Dupree was only 20, I'm sure he watched most of the Attitude Era. He should have known better. Right? Never trust a rattlesnake. No, never. Austin stuns him, and then Austin drinks some beer. So there you go. We go to commercial, come back, Rico. Rene is in Dupree the ring. couldn't drink beer yet. Oh, he wasn't of legal age. That's right. Oh, yeah. 
Very good observation. He would have been committing a crime. So that's on, why he had to hit the stunner, so he wasn't able to try to sneak in there and, and get some. Right. He's going to steal one of Austin's beers, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Rico is in the ring. Oh, I love this match. Oh, yeah. This is a great match. <laughs> the GMs are up on the stage again. Bischoff says Raw is the better brand because that's where the draft is being held. What difference does that make? Bischoff then uses the tumbler and drafts Shelton Benjamin. Good enough. I agree with that. Now, that's a good pick. But it does break up the world's greatest tag team. It does. JR likes the pick. Bischoff awaits Shelton Benjamin, but Kane comes out instead, and Kane marches down to the ring to take on Rico. What a. Let's think about this for a minute. So you have Heyman on one side, you have Bischoff on the other side, and then you have Kane's pyro like five feet yeah, away. Yeah, I was afraid that it was actually going to hit one of them. Right. The fact that that pyro is going off, that's got a freaking deaf in your ears. Yeah, they probably have tinnitus. Absolutely. Something. Because that's insane to be that close and have that pyro going off right in front of you. So Kane marches down to the ring. Choke slams Rico and beats him in 27 seconds. Great match. Wow, five-star five classic. Five-star classic. Rico, Amazing. Rico was managed by Jackie Gata for some reason, so there you Jackie go. Jackie managed him for quite a few years. I did not know that. Yes. J- do you know what Rico's doing now? Probably working at uh, some gas station no, somewhere. No, Rico is actually a police sergeant for Detroit's Finest. Wow. Well, then he was at Joe Louis Arena. He m- might have went and interviewed that night because that night, this wrestling so. thing... If you're getting beat by Kane in 27 seconds, uh, you're, you're not looking going. for another career. Yeah, it's time to start thinking about the future. Kane, as he's leaving, tells the GMs he doesn't care about the draft, but he better not end up on the same show as The Undertaker. And then he hits some more pyro and leaves. And I thought, what a coward this Kane is. <laughs> that he's supposed to be this big bad monster, but oh, The Undertaker, scared of The well, Undertaker. This was their build up again for SummerSlam for they had another match, a buried alive match. Which then Didn't said, they just do that at Survivor Series, though? No, this is a build-up for something no, else. No, that was a buried alive match for someone else. And Kane interfered and buried him. I'm not sure about that. It had the Undertaker's tombstone there. Well, yeah, but it every buried alive match has the Undertaker's tombstone. That's not true. Every buried alive match Go has Go check a your rule book, okay? It does not that always is say true. the Undertaker. We didn't mention that. I do, I do have a copy of the WWE rule book. I now officially have a copy. And it's good. You need to study it. Yes. It's time for the second pick of the night for SmackDown. So Paul Heyman spins his little tumbler. You ready? <laughs> the one and only Mark Jindrak. Wow. That's a classic. Before they announce the pick, they tease that you know, it's we're breaking up a major faction here, and so they tease that they're going to break up Evolution. Yeah. But no, it's nope. Jindrak and Cade. Yep. Jindrak, as you know, was almost in Evolution. He was almost Big Dave. They went with the right pick, I think, long term. But I, I disagree. Of course you do. Because I don't like Batista. I Bo- never liked Batista. I think he's fine. I hate Batista. He was a steroid raged. Oh, and Mark Jindrak wasn't? These guys, there was no steroid testing in 2004. All of these guys look like balloons ready to burst. I don't think Mark Jindrak was. Oh my gosh, Patrick. Go back and look at it. The episode picture for this episode will be a picture of Mark Jindrak. (laughs) So so you can look every time. Mark Jindrak's claim to fame. He is the episode picture for Retro Wrestling Podcast. (laughs) Well, yeah, basically. The crowd is completely silent for this pick. <laughs> they don't give a fuck about Mark Jindrak. It's a promo for the main event. The advertised main event tonight is Booker T and RVD taking on Flair and Batista for the Raw tag titles. They show the Raw guys backstage again. 
Now, Patrick Young, heels and faces, chilling in the same locker room, should never happen. But you know what? I can set aside my differences for brand unity. Brand loyalty. Brand unity. You're that loyalty. Now it's time for Bischoff's pick. And he selects, oh, what a pick here. (laughs) I know you were ecstatic about this one. Yeah. He gets Nydia. Wow. The crowd, boo. She was so excited that she decided to take her shirt off and put on the raw shirt right then and there. The crowd booing her then went cheering her in a matter of seconds. Yeah, she turned the crowd She turned quickly. the crowd in a split second. Yeah, she came out in her blue shirt, of course, but then tra- traded it in for a raw shirt that was three times her size. It, it looked like a nightgown. Talk about the women's revolution. You know, her stats graphic, you know, when the male wrestlers get drafted, it's they were an intercontinental champion. They started wrestling at 14. <laughs> what does hers say? It gives off her measurements. Yeah. 38, 24, 36. Wonderful. What a great stat to throw up. The diva's revolution here. Yes, she okay. takes off her shirt and shows the world her bra, which the crowd, yes, pop for. So yes, there you go. Does. Heyman now has a pick, but is interrupted by the doctor of thugonomics, John Cena, your United States world champion. So not only did we get Nydia's giant boobs, but now we're we getting... We get a giant boob. We're getting a giant boob in the rap of John Cena. Yes, he does a bad rap again. It's it, Dude, this guy, I never realized how slow he raps. He raps... You know what, though? In all honesty... I miss this version of John Cena. I well, like, the crowd loved this I version. I like this version of John Cena. Ladies and gentlemen, it is once again time for Paul Heyman SmackDown to take a piece of raw history away from Eric Bischoff. <laughs> Ooh. Whoa! Oh, my! The doctor! The franchise is crashing this party. Paul, don't get hot at me. He's wearing a neck brace because he's blowing the whole lottery. I heard that about you. He ain't the one-way type. Belita hype. John Cena more raw than Monday night. I'm the lottery pick they both want to get their hands on. This ain't no junior high dance, so fellas, keep your pants on. (laughs) Oh, and if you draft me, save your t-shirts. I ain't kissing your butts. We in the D, baby! So you can choke on these nuts. I'm injured. I'm injured. I'm injured, man. Do it. Do it. Give it to him. You the general manager, but I'm making the next pick. 
I'm giving you one ball, but you still got no... The ever-controversial U.S. champion. Hopefully Cena's got the Midas touch here, Taz. Well, let's look. This, this ain't a real pick. Is this legal? This, this ain't a real pick. No, it's, not it's a, a real, real pick. pick. That's no. your pick. Stick with it. You've no. got no choice. He picked it. I didn't. You pick right now. That's yours. You own it. Take it. You're lucky I'm an injured man. If I wasn't an injured man, what I would do to you is something that you ain't. You, uh. Who is it? You Just sure you, you want me to read this out loud? Yes. I <laughs> want you to read it out loud. Would you please? Well, well Mr. Bischoff. Since you insisted that I take this pick, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, Paul Heyman SmackDown is very pleased to welcome Triple H. Oh my God! The game. Talk about smacking your TV. He does a bad rap again. He says, it's not a junior high dance, so keep your pants on. He says, we in the D, so you can choke on D's nuts. Then he says to Heyman, hey man, I'm going to make the next pick. He says, Heyman has one ball and no dick. Wonderful. <laughs> he grabs the ball out of the tumbler, hands it to Heyman, and then just walks away. Yeah. Good payday. Bischoff demands that Paul has to keep Cena's pick. You have to. That's a legal pick. Yeah. It was took out of the tumbler. No matter who took it, it's a legal pick. Heyman says, are you sure? Are you sure about this? And Bischoff says, yes, absolutely. He's never been more sure about anything in his life. And then Heyman smiles and announces that he picked Triple H, H, who does a spit take with his bottle of water in the locker room to show his dissatisfaction. At the sound of being drafted to the B-Show. Oh, no. <laughs> he will not go to SmackDown. Bischoff gets very upset. He storms to the back. The Raw locker room turns to Triple H and sing na-na-na-na goodbye. And then Christian comes out with Trish. Christian, oh, what a feud we have going here, is in a feud with Spike Dudley. He attacked him last week. He so did. He that- attacked him and, and was furious because this was Christian's heel turn. Basically. Well, he had turned heel it before. But, I mean, this was with him and Trish. Heel turn. Yeah, he, he took out his frustrations and anger on 150-pound Spike Dudley. Yes. Spike is out for this official match, This the culmination of this week-long feud. Instead of going after Christian, he goes after Trish first. Someone more his size. Absolutely. Christian stomps Spike and chokes him on the ropes. Spike throws Christian out of the ring and hits a crossbody off the top turnbuckle to Christian on the ring mats. They go back in the ring and Christian tries a superplex, but Spike bites his face and then hits the coup de gras, a uh, Finn Balor reference years before Finn Balor would be in the country, in the company and the country. He covers Christian but only gets a two count. Christian just picks him up, hits the unprettier, and gets the win in three minutes and twenty seconds. I actually thought Spike Dudley showed a lot of fire in this match. Like I, I've always liked Spike Dudley. I think Spike is a great wrestler. 
too bad we don't still have him this today because now I think he would be tremendous in the 205 class. So it would be it'd be awesome to see Spike back. I actually bought for a second he might win this match because he was showing so much fire, but no. Christian, he teases kissing Trish, but then Trish kind of waves him off. So, ha, he gets denied to kiss Trish Stratus. Even a fake TV kiss she wouldn't go for. Then they leave. You know what sucks? Is during her whole run in WWE, she was married. Did anyone know that? I I didn't. I mean, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good for her. I would be pissed if I was her husband and, like, she was out there making out with people. Or, yeah, especially Vince. Like, oh, well, yeah. I, I mean, I know it was – they were fake TV kisses. It doesn't but. matter. At a certain point in time, that shit with Vince, though, I would have been pissed. There is no, there is a line, and that line is a very fine line. But when line. you're dating a pro wrestler, it's like when you're dating an actor or actress that has to do a love scene. I mean, that's just part of the job. You just accept that going in. I mean, prior to being a wrestler, she was like a fitness guru. So it's like he knew what he was signing up for. Anybody, well, I mean, you know what you're signing up for. Right. And if you don't, then it's just not going to work out because right. you got to do what your boss tells you to do, basically. Pretty much. JR and King recap the Raw picks, and then they complain about Triple H going to SmackDown. They're not very happy about That's this. That's bullshit. Bischoff is so mad, he can't make his next pick, and he, he marches off and looks for Mr. McMahon. He goes to Mr. McMahon and makes the argument that the pick wasn't valid because Cena made the pick. Vince says, once a pick is official, there's nothing he can do. Heyman says, hey, you know what? What we ought to do tonight? Have Eddie Guerrero in a WWE title match versus Triple H. And Vince says... Sure, why not? Whatever. Do whatever you want. SmackDown title match on Raw. And then Bischoff comes out to make his next pick. He says he will not be upstaged by Heyman. He says whoever his next pick is, he'll face Chris Benoit tonight for the world title, no matter who it is. No matter who it is. It could even be Michael Cole. Oh, right. Yeah, he does mention that. It could be anyone. Drum roll, please. (laughs) The man beast Rhino is drafted to Raw. Detroit's own Rhino. And so he's going to get a world title shot tonight. Pretty sweet. You get to be number one contender just from a random... He'll froze over because Rhino is actually going to be wrestling for the world heavyweight title. Right. But the world tag team title match is next. We get the WWE Rewind from last Monday where Booker T and RVD retained against those damn Dudleys. Do you miss the WWE Rewind? No. They really? Reca- dude, they recap their show enough as it is. Booker and RVD come out to a slightly retooled version of that terrible thing they came out to at WrestleMania 20. <laughs> it's better, though. It's more like the uh, Brothers of Destruction yeah. mixing of the themes. Raw Tonight is brought to you by Walking Tall, the Rock's new film, in theaters on Friday. Ninja Gaiden for the Xbox exclusive. And Stacker 2, Feel the Sting. Stacker 2, Feel the Sting. Ric Flair and Big Dave are out next for Evolution. Flair starts against Booker. Booker dropkicks Flair. Flair chops Booker and then tags Big Dave in. RVD tags in to take on Batista. RVD hits a high cross for two. They both tag out. Booker fires up on Flair. Flair does his classic beg for forgiveness and then pokes him in the eye with his thumb. Flair chops and covers him for two. They exchange chops in the corner. Flair tries to move off the top turnbuckle and surprise, surprise, it fails as he gets slammed off the top turnbuckle. RVD tags Booker and hits a five-star frog splash, but Patrick, we've talked about it before, this five-star frog splash, every time he hits it, he injures himself. Yeah. So he can't cover Flair because he hurts himself. 
If your move, if your finishing move keeps hurting yourself, time to think of a new move. That's all I'm going to say. Commercial break, and now Big Dave is legal and is in control with Booker T. Booker lands a super kick. RVD tags in and kicks Dave out of Booker T's hands. Flair chop blocks RVD in the legs. RVD really sells the leg, and then Flair stomps it, locks in the figure four. RVD scoots to the ropes. RVD insiguries Flair and lands a step-over heel kick. Booker and Big Dave both get the hot tags. We get a book in to Batista and a kick to Flair, a scissors kick on Big Dave, but Flair breaks the three count. RVD hits Rolling Thunder on Flair, then RVD springboards into Booker with a kick accidentally. We get a Batista bomb on Booker. Batista covers Booker, and new Raw tag team title holders, Evolution, wins in about 11 minutes, including a commercial break. So there you have it. Ric Flair is once again... A title holder. Draped in gold. This man just cannot stay away from those gold belts. It's time for a draft pick from SmackDown. Now, Patrick, this is when I think that wrestling sometimes is just too coincidental. Heyman picks Rob Van Dam. He gets Rob Van Dam. What are the chances that the team that just lost the tag team titles gets broken up in the next pick? Just one of those... You know, freak things. It Coincidence. Happens. Yeah. dinks. Coinky dinks. Booker in the back tells RVD that they have a rematch clause. Then Coach shows up to inform RVD, there's no rematch. You're going to SmackDown, buddy. Then we get world champ Chris Benoit out next. He gets, ooh, a standing ovation. Yikes. Rhino is out next. We get a snap suplex to Rhino from Chris. Rhino attempts a powerbomb on Benoit, but he punches out of it and face plants himself on the turnbuckle. Rhino tries a sharpshooter. And gets it locked in. I don't recall Rhino ever putting in a sharpshooter before or since. No, I think this was a one-time thing. Benoit gets out of it and then locks Rhino in a sharpshooter of his own. But Rhino kicks out of it. You get the triple German suplexes to Rhino. Benoit nails the flying headbutt, but Rhino kicks out it too. We get a spine buster from Rhino to Benoit. Then Rhino sets up for the gore. Gore! But he gets caught in the Crippler crossface and taps out in 4 minutes, 34 seconds in what would be probably his only world title shot on television ever. Yeah. What'd you think of that match? Uh, And Raw goes back to yeah. take his final pick. That was a bad match, man. That was just... Well, all these matches were very These short were thrown-together bullshit matches. Bischoff is watching a monitor, and Shawn Michaels interrupts him and says, this thing between him and Triple H is far from over. Patrick Young. Can it be over? I mean, please. These guys are just... This feud is never-ending. No. And he's got to be drafted to SmackDown. He demands a trade to SmackDown so he can continue this feud that will never end with his best friend, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Bischoff says to HBK, hey, instead of that, I'll make you number one contender for backlash against Benoit. Oh, and well, then and Sean says, okay, that's fine. I'll accept that. And this time, the kick is going to stick. Just, there you I, go. Hated that. The kick is going to stick. Looks like the uh, World Heavyweight Championship is safely intact around the waist of Chris Benoit. Now, Eric, as much as I want a shot at Chris Benoit, this thing between Triple H and myself, it is far from over. And in light of his trade, I see you've got one of two choices. Either trade me to SmackDown or... No, no, no. no, no I'm no. sorry. There's only one choice. Trade me to SmackDown and do it now. Sean, I'm not going to trade you. I'm going to go one better. I am going to be behind you 100% like never before. And let me give you an example. 
Raw's next big pay-per-view, Backlash. Shawn Michaels, HBK, you're gonna be headlining that pay-per-view and providing Chris Benoit and Shawn Michaels are still a part of Raw after the trade deadline. You're gonna get your shot at the world title and Chris Benoit. What do you think? I think you may have just solved my problem. Because what better way to get back at Triple H and then take the one thing that means the world to him, the World Heavyweight Championship. And for Chris Benoit, this time, one-on-one -on -one with the showstopper. We are Ooh, on the this time. Page. This time, the kick, ooh, the kick, boom, is gonna stick. <laughs> Go get him. Highlights from last week where they ripped Molly Holly's wig off. She wouldn't be on this show. Bischoff has another pick, and he gets the Japanese buzzsaw. It's Tajiri. Yeah. And then, just to speed things up, SmackDown now gets a pick. That's right. SmackDown picks the new Hall of Famer, Theodore Teddy Long. Which would turn out to be, I guess, SmackDown's best pick. Yeah, I mean, in the long honestly, run. yeah. Yeah, like, you'll see here in a second. He got his money's worth out of this uh, pick. This pick right here. Bischoff then picks Edge, who had been injured. Heyman's final pick, then, is Spike Dudley. Wow. Bam. What a murderer's row we had. Well, I shouldn't use that one with a Benoit card. But That's all. What oh. a bad... Other than Triple H, I mean, Triple H out of out of everyone picked here is the only... RVD. Uh, I mean, RVD, but they're not going to... I mean, hindsight. At the time, you think, well, maybe RVD, maybe he'll become something. Maybe yeah. they'll work. Oh, no. Bischoff, now it's time for Bischoff's final pick. Bischoff decides that he's going to make his final pick. And so he rolls the tumbler, reaches in there, and he goes, Oh, man. I, I mean, I know Vince said anybody... But I wasn't expecting this. Raw picks Paul Heyman. What are the odds of that, Patrick? That's... That the guy standing right across from him. Bischoff says Heyman has a lot of work that he can do around Raw. His yeah. car needs to be washed. He's got a lot of busy work for Go Paul Heyman. Go fetch coffee, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than work for a piece of slime like Eric Bischoff's, he says, Screw you. I quit. So... Raw lost a draft pick, basically. <laughs> Bischoff walks down to the ring and tells the audience and the talent that Bischoff is back in a damn right. big way. That's right. And then all of a sudden you hear smoke going everywhere and the return of the newest member of Raw, Edge. Who I believe was already using the Rob Zombie theme here. Yes. Or, yeah, so it got dubbed over yes. on the network version. He spears Bischoff, and that's the end of that segment. I guess he didn't like being drafted to Raw too much. Uh, that bump that Bischoff took off that spear. Oh, yeah, tip, he hits his was, head against the lower turnbuckle. Yeah, he, he hits his head and neck. I was like, oh, that was kind of ugly. Now it's time for our main event of the evening, Eddie Guerrero versus Triple H. Triple H comes down. He's wearing a Raw shirt. He doesn't want to let go, Patrick, even though he's been traded. Yeah. But he tears it off to reveal he's wearing a SmackDown shirt. He had two T-shirts on. When he gets down to the ring and he does his usual spitting of the water... He tears off his SmackDown shirt, too. So I That's guess right. he just hates shirts. This is the war on shirts here. Triple H, by the way, on the cover of 2004 March's edition of Muscle and Fitness magazine. So How many times has he been on the cover of that? Oh, he's magazine? like, yeah. I think they own the magazine at this point in time because he's been on it more than anybody else. Yeah. Eddie Guerrero enters with his lowrider. It's nice that he brought his car, his lowrider, just in case he got booked for a match. 
Oh, yeah. I you mean, know, and I love how it said across the windshield. The name of the custom the car company. The name of the custom car company and the phone number to call. Yeah. It's odd that he would advertise yeah. this yeah. car of his. I yeah. mean, Eddie Chance Breakout. Man, he is looking juiced here, dude. <laughs> no, I mean, Eddie this was, is. I yeah. agree. Eddie is. Eddie offers his hand in friendship, but then says, you know what? No. He kisses his hand and smacks his own bottom at Triple H. Eddie hits a couple of nice deep arm drags and then arm bars Triple H. Triple H makes it to the ropes and breaks the arm bar. He slides out of the ring and drags Eddie out with him. Eddie slams Tripp's hand into the stairs and steel posts. That injured shoulder that Benoit injured at WrestleMania 20 is now going to be the focus of this match. I was glad to see that he actually kept that injury alive for a little bit. That was that was smart. Well, he wasn't wearing a sling, though, or anything. But still, though, that was smart instead of it being just like, oh, well, all right, the match is done, that storyline's over with, I healed up, I'm fine. Triple H hits a high knee on Eddie, we go to commercial, and Triple H is in control. He chucks Eddie into the steel steps, they get back into the ring and exchange strikes, and Triple H launches Eddie into the air for a back body drop. H lands a backbreaker on Eddie, then locks in an abdominal stretch, so these guys can just pose, basically. Triple H mocks Eddie's, you know, dancing, which looks very funny. Eddie then hits H with a tilt-a-whirl head scissors and a drop kick to the jaw. We get big strikes from both. H has a sleeper on Eddie, and it gets countered into a side suplex. Eddie hits a springboard spinning DDT to Triple H and then gets a two-count. Triple H hits a face buster on Eddie for a two-count. Eddie catches H with an inverted atomic drop. H tries a pedigree but gets slingshot into the turnbuckles. Eddie hits the three amigos and then does his dance. Then Evolution come down to the ring, brother. And they're going to distract Eddie, and H lands a DDT. Big Dave gives Triple H the belt so he can belt shot Eddie. But then Sean runs down to the ring and super kicks. He makes that kick stick. He sticks the kick to Triple H's big chin. And uh, then Eddie goes upstairs to hit the frog splash. But then Christian runs and hits him and causes the DQ. In 11.04, right in front of the ref. RVD then runs down to brawl with him. Then both brands file out of the locker room, and everyone starts fighting everyone. Kane and Big Show, they're late to the party. I mean, I, they're big guys. They just uh, they took their time getting down to this brawl. It takes longer when you're a big guy. Yeah. Guess they were. I said I thought they were at the catering table. They were probably oh. enjoying some nice chicken wings, and they looked up on the monitor and said, oh, shit, I guess we better be out there. <laughs> Then Sheriff Steve Austin's music hits again, and this time he calls the rest of the Raw crew out, and he even joins in the brawling, but he's too cool to wear a Raw shirt. He he won't be wearing a Raw shirt. He's wearing his Rebel Flag shirt. Oh, yes. Did you notice this? No, I've forgotten about this shirt. It probably had a skull on it, too, I imagine. Yes. Yeah. All hell has broken loose, as JR would say, in the, the draft lottery of 2004. Comes to an end. To recap, our picks. Raw received Shelton Benjamin, Nydia, Rhino, Tajiri, Edge, and Paul Heyman, who quit. SmackDown received Rene Dupree, Mark Jindrak, Triple H, Rob Van Dam, Teddy Long, and Spike Dudley. So how would you assess these brands' drafts? I think SmackDown got the better of the deal. Was the clear winner. I mean, yeah. they got Triple H and Rob Van Dam. And Teddy Long. which And they got mileage out of that pick. Oh, yes. <laughs> they got a lot of mileage out of that pick. 
Yeah, on the Raw brand, I guess getting Edge would turn out. I mean, but he would go back to SmackDown. Shelton Benjamin turned out in a big way, actually. I'm lukewarm. I think, yeah, SmackDown definitely had the better draft. But it was all it was all chance, Patrick. None of this was predetermined. Right. They didn't have a plan. I mean, they used a tumbler. Now, here's what here was the bullshit. Here's where the bullshit happened, Patrick. Okay. Now, remember Vince said you had until midnight to make trades. Okay. Well, when Triple H, I'm sure, found out, this was when Triple H turned into Hulk Hogan for a moment and said, nah, not doing that. So here's what happened on SmackDown. We learned that there was a trade before midnight. Here is what got traded to get Triple H back to Raw. SmackDown received Booker T. So RVD and Booker T are reunited. Okay. They sent Bubba Ray and Devon. So now they're reunited with Spike. They sent Rico and Jackie Gata to SmackDown in order to get Triple H and A-Train back. Triple H's pick was just a swerve on this edition of Raw. He would show up on this episode of SmackDown, and then they would announce that he's going right back to Raw. Because Triple H is not going to be on the B-Show, my friend. Not a chance. So if it's good enough for Taker, it's good enough for you, damn it. The aftermath is, of course, Paul Heyman kayfabe quit. He quit the company, kayfabe-wise. He would work backstage instead. So Vince McMahon announced a new general manager had been appointed to the SmackDown brand and that he would do all of the trading with Bischoff. Kurt Angle was appointed the general manager. It all comes full circle, Patrick. Kurt Angle was appointed general manager of SmackDown on the March 25th, 2004 edition of SmackDown. So that's what happened with that. And then I'm sure that didn't last too long, and then we got holla, holla, holla play for 10 years, it seemed like. So there you go. The longest-running SmackDown general manager of all time. Longest-running general manager of any kind, That's I think. true. W- without a doubt. Uh, so there you have it. And you it. know what? He's going to put him in a tag team match. What? <laughs> Or he's going to get the name of the show wrong, or the name of whatever they tell him to say. Yeah. He's going to, he's going to botch it. You know it. what? We give we give Teddy Long shit, but I love Teddy to death, man. So, Teddy's what did you think awesome about dude. the 2004 draft when we shook things up, Patrick? Uh, it was pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really bad. If if I'd watched the Raw after Mania that year and then had this announced, I would be so pumped for it. I'd be so excited. Yeah. But then to see that your first pick. You know, right out of the gate as Renee Dupree, I'd be like, uh-oh. This is, this Renee's is a, a pretty good wrestler. But Patrick. But character-wise, not the best character. This draft. This was a shit draft. Now, Mark Jindrak, I don't see how the hell they... But, yeah. so There have been better drafts. Much, much better. And we shall see what happens tonight on Raw in the Superstar Shake-Up. What did you think of the matches on this episode of Raw from they 04? They were just matches. Everybody was just... Clocking their time in. Yeah, it was almost a, like a house show. Yeah. There, everybody was just putting their time in to be able to go back to the hotel afterwards. There there was no fire or driven. The most entertainment I got was Spike Dudley. And the main focus of the show was the draft. So, of course, the main, the main focus on the characters was Bischoff and Heyman. So there was no time for any storyline building with the other wrestlers. Right. So. Before we get into predictions for tonight's superstar shakeup, Patrick... On our scale of Hornswoggle to El Gigante, where would you rank the Raw Draft Lottery of 2004? Well, we saw both of them at WrestleCon. I'm going to put this as 
Two picks. A Hornswoggle and L. Torito. Torito. Wow. I'm going to go a little bit higher. I'm going to go with Spike Dudley on this one. Okay. Because I actually thought the wrestling was, I mean, the matches were very short, but I, I was never not entertained by the matches. Right. And I was very intrigued to know what these picks were because I didn't remember this draft I didn't really either. at all. And I remember Heyman and I remember Teddy Long. That's all I remembered. Yeah, well, like like we've talked so. about before, SmackDown you couldn't even get in Chattanooga at this time, so yeah. we had no idea what was going on. So uh, tonight for the Superstar Shakeup, what are some of your predictions? We're going to see AJ going to Raw. Okay. To reunite the Bullet Club. Okay. With Finn Balor. As see, well. I thought that he turned face on SmackDown on Tuesday when he shook Shane's hand. They'll, well, it is a face turn because they're going to reunite the Bullet Club and the fans are going to go ape shit. On SmackDown, your big pick is going to be uh, Charlotte Flair. So you, we're going to send we're going to send Naomi over to Raw then. We'll send Naomi to Raw. Okay. Because well, no, she's not the champion, so we're going to have to send we're just going to have to send like Becky Lynch or some other non-champion. We're gonna you you got a you got a better female list. Over on SmackDown? Absolutely. 100%. But you don't have the name drawing. Right. So they need either Sasha Banks or Charlotte. Yeah, I agree. So one of those two are definitely going to SmackDown. I think we're going to see a lot of movement in the women's and tag team divisions Yeah, on both shows. Because on SmackDown, the tag team division is just Usos, American Alpha. I mean, you have other tag teams, Rhino and Heath Slater, and you have... The Ascension. I mean, they and they just fired one of the VOD villains. Yeah, and so, and then you have uh, Fandango and Tyler Breeze. So hope, they need some. They need a big name tag team. I hope and I hope and I pray that they keep Enzo and Cass on Raw. See, I think that they actually should be sent to SmackDown. See, that's what I'm thinking is going to happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, and I hope not, because Enzo and Cass need to be on Raw. They work w- so well together. SmackDown needs someone that's going to get a big reaction with John Cena being away for a while. That's going to get the fans cheering, and I think Enzo and Cass are part of that. I also think that Sheamus and Cesaro should go to SmackDown. I have a lot of people from Raw I want to send to SmackDown, and oh, not- I definitely want to send Roman to SmackDown. That's rumored. I mean, that's the big rumor. Uh, I want to send Roman to SmackDown. Why? Because I watch Raw more than I watch SmackDown. And I'm tired of fucking seeing Roman. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, but that is. I just think that they'll keep him on Raw because Raw is still... Even though SmackDown, with it being live and on Tuesdays, is getting more focus, I mean, Raw is still the primary yeah. brand. I think we'll see from Raw to SmackDown, as far as male individual superstars, I think you'll see... Sami Zayn should go to SmackDown. He's wasting away on Raw. I think you should send Ziggler to Raw from SmackDown. I think you should send... Miz and Maurice. Miz and Maurice to Raw. Yeah. And I think you should send, in their place, to SmackDown, Rusev and Lana. You could almost swap out the U.S. title. Well, no, because he's got the thing with Jericho. So the IC title, Dean is going to stay on SmackDown, and Kevin Owens will stay on Raw. But I think Sami Zayn, it's definitely time for him to go to SmackDown. Yeah. They're going to have to send one or two tag teams from Raw. Enzo and Cass and Sheamus and Cesaro would be my picks to go to SmackDown. I don't know what you get in return for that other than maybe send a couple of uh, the women's wrestlers. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking you're going to get either Sasha or Charlotte goes to SmackDown. 
Yeah. You're going to get, you're going to turn around and you're going to get Natalia and Alexa Bliss. Yeah, that seems fair. Yeah. I th- so I think those are the moves we're going to see. As far as the top guys, yeah, AJ and Roman would be. or And maybe Mickey, Mickey James. That way you even out to where you have like five and five. Yeah. On each show. That's pretty much all the moves I see really. I don't see a whole lot of moves actually being made tonight. Yeah. But I do think that moves needed to be made. I kind of it's kind of disappointing that this roster split has been le- it's been less than a year and we're already shaking things up. Yeah. So I kinda wish that they would have stuck to schedule and done it a year from the original from last year's. Yeah. But the, the the pairings were getting stale because you're seeing the same guys wrestle the same guys every week. Well, I mean, and we're still to this day seeing Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn. When they said they never to fu- fucking split them on a, on shows. Got to because that's their go-to throw together and yeah. it's it's getting old really fast. Yeah. So, but uh, we're losing Jericho too. Rumor are, rumor is Jericho's. Well, taking, he's he's in for the next pay per view at least, but, but I don't think that he would be traded because he's going to be departing the company to go on tour. So, to go tour with. So Quasi. why bother yeah. sending him anywhere? Yeah. So I I, I don't really see any earth shattering trades happening. I think AJ. That well, AJ and the, Roman Reigns are the two. I think those are the two that's going to be the shock. That, well, I mean, not shockers is like, oh my God, but I think shockers in regards to, okay, that's a big name. I would almost, I just see, I just don't see Vince letting Reigns off of Raw. I can see AJ going to Raw. But I then who see, are you going to send in return? I think you send Rollins. I mean, kayfabe-wise, it makes sense that maybe Stephanie orders Kurt Angle from her hospital bed or whatever that get that mf for off my show right so i think rollins is actually the one that gets sent over i mean if you think back to the draft he was the number one overall pick last year in the draft that is so, true so his value is so, to be on so the we same go, level we go from aj to rollins sw- is the top so we swap draw. aj and rollins that's what I think. I that's what I see happening more than Roman. But if they sent Roman, I wouldn't be surprised. I would be surprised just because, like I said, I think in Vince's mind, he still, even though the shows are closer together, he wants his top. He wants his guy on the number one show. Let's see. And the fact that he's making Roman his guy pisses a lot of people off. When you have like AJ and Kevin Owens. Well, AJ's and, kind of he's not like in his 50s, but he's, um, he's AJ's got 40. another good at least 10 years, I would Well, in the shape he's in. Yeah. I mean, as long as he stays doesn't have like an ACL. Well, like or, I said, I've been in the ring with AJ. I've the video backstage with with Shane is is really the once you it's one thing to be sitting in a chair and watching AJ. But when you're in the ring with AJ, when I have seen him standing in a corner, jump with the flying forearm, and I've slid in for a three count, to to see AJ that up close, AJ really is phenomenal. There is not he is exactly what he says he is, and so I I feel like AJ has a good at least ten years left in him. I don't necessarily think the fans retaliate against Roman because he's the company's pick. You know, because right. if the company had picked Dean Ambrose, I don't think I'm 99 percent sure that the, we would have been fine with that. Oh yeah, 
I mean, not lately, I don't think he's been wrestling up to his level. I think it's because Roman's deficient on the microphone. I think he's not Do you see the greatest him? in the ring. I still see. The only way this works is shut Roman up and put him with Heyman. That is the only way you can actually is put him with. Well, Heyman. then he's a heel. Then if he has Heyman, well, that's though. the whole point. Well, yeah, I think if he's a heel, if he's a heel, then he doesn't need any. But even then, as a heel, if you allow him to keep talking, he's going to screw it up. <laughs> he yeah. can't talk on a microphone. Yeah, well, especially reading that scripted shit. So right. So, well, we we shall see tonight the uh, superstar shakeup. Put get your blenders out now and put your superstars in your blender and. Shake them up. Shake it up real nice and pour it into your WWE commemorative mug. Now at Shop Zone. Okay, Patrick, well, that was my pick for this week. It's time to hear where we will go in the, in the old retro wrestling podcast time machine for next week. So Hall of Fame led us to have a few secrets in regards to my pick. We had Edge and a big moment in Edge's career. We had the Hall of Fame of Kurt Angle and a big moment in Kurt Angle's career. And we saw the return in ring capacity once again of the one and only Shane O'Mac. My pick, we're going to go back to King of the Ring 2001 and relive, without a doubt, my favorite Shane McMahon match of all time. Yeah, because Shane he was McMahon, nearly killed. Shane McMahon versus Kurt Angle, where Shane McMahon literally almost died. Yes, and Kurt Angle had to wrestle three times in the night. And that same night. So, And you see, spoiler alert, probably one of the biggest moments in Edge's career that turned the tables from him being a, a mid-carder to being a main eventer. Well, I look forward to this because outside of the Shane and Angle match, I have not seen King You've of the never Ring seen King of the Ring 2001? No, I, oh. I haven't sat through it. And you get... Spoiler alert as well, the unveiling of who was stalking Sarah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. So it all ties in with this Hall of Fame yes. class. You get, you get, because we found out it was DDP. He's a pervert. But DDP says, Taker, you said you were going to make me famous. I'm right here in the ring. Come make me famous. So... We'll see if DDP gets made famous at King of the Ring 2001. Well, interesting enough, he did not mention his WWE run at all in his Hall of Fame speech, <laughs> other than driving the Cadillac for the Honky Tonk Man in that at one. WrestleMania 6. And Dro- what a great role he had. Drove, driving a, drove a pink Cadillac for the Honky Tonk Man and for... Uh, Valentine. For Greg the Hammer Valentine. Oh, we did see Greg, Greg Valentine at WrestleCon too. That's right. We saw... Uh, I'm trying to think... Uh, there are so many people. We've, we've, I'm sure I've forgotten quite a few, and I'm sorry. Oh, but, it's uh, okay. Well, it's been a long week. It has been a long week. So Yes. The ultimate thrill ride has come to a conclusion with this superstar shake How did you feel about that? The ultimate thrill ride. These tag, these catchphrases? Yes. Oh, I think it's stupid. I, the set was beautiful, though. The set was an awesome set. Other than set. that fucking blue light. You know, the song was green light, <laughs> but they gave me the blue light. And they gave it to me all night long. Right in your eyes. Oh, man. It was misery. I was in tears before the... I had a headache. 
and this blue light was just beating the shit out of me. The uh, the blue light is on an Undertaker or uh, winning streak because it's one and zero against me at WrestleMania uh, <laughs> because I had such a bad headache and right before as soon as they moved the Roman Undertaker match to the main event spot, you knew you knew coming. what's going to happen. Yeah. So I was just in mis- I was just absolutely miserable. And then, like, okay, so I'm like, well, at least I can go get something to drink. And I go to that concession stand behind us. They're out of, they can't, you can't even get a bottle of water, Patrick. All they had was Diet Pepsi. Yeah. And they only had like four of those. No ice. No ice. It's in a bottle, but they'll pour it, pour it into a plastic cup for you. So I can't even reseal it to take it with me or whatever. Right. They don't trust us with bottles because no. we think we're going to chuck them in the ring. The ring 100 million yards away from me. I don't have that great of an arm, but. What about the the four full armed snipers around each corner of the stadium as well? Did you notice this? No, I, I didn't. Full gear military snipers in each well, corner of the stadium. Of course, WrestleMania highly sought after target. I mean, they wouldn't so. let Monica in with her bag, you know. So they were really tough on security there. Now I could have worn a jacket with tons of stuff in my pockets, but that bag, that's that empty bag, it's not coming in here, buddy. <laughs> We don't know what you'll do with that. But, uh, but yeah, so it was uh, – but the ultimate thrill ride, how did you feel about that catchphrase? Because that was <laughs> – now that we don't have WrestleMania numbers, no matter what they say, the Roman numeral numbers, now that you don't have that, you just have a WrestleMania logo. Right. Well, it's they're, WrestleMania sunshine. Right. So now they're depending on catchphrases, yeah. more or less, to – identify even though true wrestling fans know i don't know that we went on the ultimate thrill ride really no that thrill ride this was more like a dollywood ride this was the kitty coaster yeah this was this uh, was a ride this was this was actually more or less uh lake winnie yeah you would think with a catchphrase the ultimate thrill ride that Shane McMahon would have done an insane stunt, though. How in the hell do you do you put a wrestling ring at the top of the giant cover that's covering the ring? And not use it. And not go up there for some ungodly... Re- now, I know, okay, don't... Realistically, it would have took a giant forklift to get up there. <laughs> well, that could have been used in the Baron Corbin Dean Ambrose match. We're talking skyscraper forklift. It was a. He good, would have had to be lifted down by helicopter. But there was a helicopter circling it was, all night. There was all night long, and those F-15s that flew over damn near shook my insides out. Yeah, so they you could he oh he should have parachuted into that ring. Ooh. There you go. But then how would he get down from there? Good point. After Owen Hart, I don't think they're comfortable with people going high up in the air anymore. Oh. So, but well, we will relive that moment sometime. I'm sure. Uh, no, I don't. I do not want to. Re- I will not be reviewing that show. I'm sorry. Uh, Over the Edge '99 will not be a part of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. You can watch it yourself. But uh, so there you have it. Yeah, the Ultimate Thrill Ride. It was. I uh, hate that catchphrase though. That was terrible. Well, it was the Ultimate Thrill Ride. It was the Ultimate Shitter. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. There have been worse WrestleMania. There have but. been worse, but I mean, we saw the. I would rather them call it that. We saw to- two retirements, one return, an engagement, no Howard Finkel, and that was pretty much the show. Well, that's what it'll be remembered for, definitely. Is well, the Undertaker more than anything, but two he re- took he took the ultimate thrill ride. He got lowered into hell, so he may- did. Maybe that was the ultimate thrill ride. <laughs> 
He got the he got to come up through the middle of the ramp. He actually he was the only one that took a ride. Oh no, Sasha Banks took a, a ride on her little car coming. Well, to and ring. Triple H and Stephanie. Oh right, on the their, motorcycle on their motorcycle. Of course, they get a special entrance. Not many rides were taken actually. Not many. No, I wanted a roller coaster to the ring. Yeah, the New Day should have definitely been on a roller like, coaster. Like, I'm not going to... I'm. Th- this sounds really shitty, okay? But right over the ramp, you should have put a rail and had them roller coaster into the ring. Oh, that would have been dope. Would that have not, though, when they started off? That would have been... And it doesn't have to be like they're really high up or something. It not all just, the wrestlers have to use it either. Right! Just, I mean, the New Day should have definitely been in a roller Exactly. Coaster. That would have been so badass. I thought the New Day as hosts really disappointed. They didn't do shit. No. Announced the Hardys. That's it. Attendance. Hardys. Said hi. Yeah. That was it. I really wanted Finkel for, for attendance. Something. Some, I wanted Finkel, damn it. I missed Finkel. No Howard Finkel at all. 33 years. Yeah. Well, they... We had a WrestleMania. With, we finally had a WrestleMania without Finkel. And I missed him. I was. It was very upsetting. Yeah. So. No fink, it stinks. No fink, it stinks. Well, that concludes this week in the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm intern Alex. I'm the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. Saying head over to Retro Wrestling Podcast for all our episodes or subscribe on iTunes and Google Play Music. Saying, as always, my closing line's a clothesline. Bingo, bingo. I can't believe this. What? I mean, Vince McMahon said everyone, that means everyone is eligible for the lottery draft. And I picked. Who is it? Say it already. Get it over with. Paul Heyman. Oh, my God. Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman. Go to the celebration of the SmackDown locker room. Give him back this off. Paul Heyman coming to the Now, it just so happens, Paul, I mean, this is going to work out great, because as it turns out, I could really use some help. In fact, I've got some, I've got some laundry that I need to get taken Uh-oh. care of. i got a car that needs to be washed. I mean, i got a lot of things that I need to take care of. And, Paul, I can't think of anybody better than you. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I, I built ECW with both you and Vince on my back. I, I made SmackDown what it is today, Paul Heyman SmackDown, and and and, and I c- I could do the same for Raw, Mr. Bischoff, except uh, I'm unwilling to appear before these animals that you call a Monday Night Raw audience. And, and most of all, Eric, I would never. Sell my soul to a piece of slime like you. So let me spell this out for you so that even Eric Bischoff can understand this. Eric Bischoff, screw you. I quit. What? Quit? Two words, five letters. I quit. Can Heyman be serious?